you don't have any business apologizing for the gospel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, I apologize for every apologetic professor who feels like apologetics are to be apologized. (laughs) I was at at Gateway one time, brother, one of our professors was teaching, and he was teaching about apologetics, and one of the classmates was trying to be smart aleck and funny, and he was like, oh, sorry. And the professor said, don't. And he said, oh, sorry. He said, if you do that one more time, you're out of this class. Well, the, ne- the next time it was, you could tell it was sincere. It was like, okay, I'm sorry, I won't do it anymore. But he said it again. It's like, oh, oh okay, I'm sorry. And he's like, out. Oh. <laughs> booted about it. Oh, zero tolerance. We do not apologize <laughs> for apologetics in this class. <laughs> <laughs> and I apologize for my uh, classmate who <laughs> made that joke. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, All right. Uh, <laughs> Man, it's oh good to see goodness. you again. It's great to see you. Great to see you. Great I was in. You. Where was I? West Virginia, I think it was. Yeah. At yeah. a youth worker training, which I told the youth president, I said, "You realize I'm 44, right?" And one of the <laughs> one of the attendees there, he said, "Hey, when are you going to do another preacher and the policeman?" podcasts. Wow. I was like, well, actually this coming Friday we're recording, so. Nice. Yeah, That's yeah. That's wonderful. Yes. That's wonderful. The audience so is restless. Yeah. Now, is that a person in West Virginia or was he traveling from elsewhere to come to the conference? He was in West Virginia. Okay. So we all have right, a reach nice. all the way to the Mountaineer State. The other side of the river. I that's like right. it. <laughs> well, for me, for to you, it's the other yeah, side of the yeah, even bigger true. river now. That's true. <laughs> that is true. If I was in Ohio, it would be just across the river, but now it's across several rivers. A few yeah, creeks. Yeah. There's even a creek right. from here to there called the Nameless Creek. And I was like, mm, technically it's really not good. nameless anymore because technically the name is nameless. You've given it a name. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like no man. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. What, so what are we going to talk about today? We're What's talking, the we're going to ask the question, are miracles really real? Last week we talked about science in the Bible. Does science in the Bible contradict? Do they complement each other? Can they actually get along? Can you put them in the same room and not break stuff? And we've concluded, yes, actually, the Bible confirms what, or I'm, I'm sorry, I should say the science confirms what the Bible has asserted all these many centuries. So the next question is, are miracles really real? If we can believe science, miracles are a suspension sometimes of scientific law. So if that's the case, can we trust in miracles? And I know you've got a story for us. In fact, when I tell, yeah. when these people tell me about the podcast and ask me, they usually say, man, I love those cop stories. Yeah. <laughs> everybody and the fact that there are 27 cop shows on primetime tv every week right <laughs> every week yeah. everybody in, is yeah. interested in these cop stories so regale yeah, exactly. us with one of your cop stories oh policeman well i have one that's kind of miracle related you know of course when you think of miracles most people at least biblical miracles you, miracles you think of the big ones like raising someone from the dead and i had something similar to that in a situation we got called to, there was an apartment fire. And before anybody gets upset and says, this guy going to crack wise on somebody dying in a fire. Nobody died. Nobody died. Uh, yeah, so when, when I say it's a, a raising from the dead, there was no human loss of life, um, loss of property, and, and, and a lot of sadness because of that. But sure. the point of the story is this, is that we get there, and this apartment is, I mean, just black smoke pouring out. Like, I don't know what this place was made out of, but it was just a plume of huge, this huge plume of black smoke just rolling out of this place. And we knew no one was in there. There were several tenants who 
said, no, they, they just left, you know, 15, 20 minutes ago, whatever it was. And they're gone. We saw all of them leave. We know there's no one in there. Uh, and they had some other information like, you know, my kid plays with their kid anytime they're home. So I know they're not home. So we, we had a lot of people confirming that they weren't there as the fire equipment's rolling up. But somebody contacts them, of course, as the firefighters are engaging and containing this fire. They pull up in their car. Well, as a police officer, I have no business, obviously, running hoses or touching the equipment. So my job now has become (laughs) perimeter, you know, and I've never had the opportunity, although that has been something I've wanted to do in my career is actually write a ticket for this. We have in Ohio, it is against the law, probably elsewhere, too. If you drive over a fire hose, you will get cited. And I've always thought from the time I heard about that, I think I was in the academy, I thought, That'd be kind of interesting to write someone a ticket for that. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't ever run over a fire hose for obvious reasons. There's a reason it's a law. But anyway, that's one of the things that... stay 500 feet back. Stay 500 feet back. By the time you read, in order to read that, you have to be closer than 500 feet. It's time for a vision retest. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, I'm just doing perimeter. And and of course, uh, on the lookout for anyone driving over a fire hose, if it should happen. (laughs) You got your ticket pad ready to go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Right, exactly, exactly. The fire guys have this well under control. Uh, They know exactly what they're doing, what equipment to call, uh, who's doing what. So uh, it's like like down to a science. These guys are so good at this. And so now I'm just kind of watching the perimeter, making sure that neighbors, you know, curious neighbors have just poured out of the other other apartments and so you have this big crowd there and so I'm trying to answer questions and maybe a little diversion tactic too just to keep them from trying to, to get up to the firefighter. Everybody loves the firefighters so they're gonna want to exactly get close. so I gotta I gotta hold them back. You know I'm like the the the, the bouncer you know behind the ropes trying right. to hold everyone back from the celebrities. <laughs> That's for <laughs> yeah. all you firefighters listening. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I so wish you uh, the cops it, would get out of the way so we could actually talk to a first responder. Right, exactly. We want to talk to a real hero, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so as they're doing their thing, in I mean coming in hot is this car just flying into the parking lot just comes to a screeching halt it's the tenants because somebody has notified them that hey your apartment's on fire you better come back home so sure enough and it confirms that okay well the neighbors are all right and there is nobody else in this is the whole family in the car filing out of the car and the most vocal and upset and loudest one of all is the mother and the first thing out of her mouth is my dog my dog is in there and i thought oh no they got a dog inside there this thing i've been here long enough several minutes have gone by this dog can't be alive and i i walk up to her because i know she's going to go right towards one of the firefighters and they got a lot going on and sure. they've also got to contain this, this is remember this is an apartment complex so there's adjacent units there's connected units and things like this so they've got a lot of things that they have to deal with so i i engage her and i said Hi, I'm I'm gonna help you out. Let me talk to one of them. Can you hang here? Can you talk to your family and 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 kind of be with them? And I'll get you the information. I'll be your point of contact. And so she's now distracted herself, you know, with the family, trying to keep them calm. And, and she can't keep herself calm. I don't know how she's gonna do that. But I go right. back and I I talk to one of the firefighters. I'm like, Hey, I got bad news. They got, they had a dog inside. Did you guys recover recover a dog? Well, no, not yet. We haven't come across it. I'll, I'll let somebody know. So he gets on his radio and he lets somebody know on his comms. And so within a couple of minutes, they come carrying the dog out. Now, where these people have parked and where I've got them standing, it works out perfectly because they're on the other side of this large piece of equipment. So they can't see directly 
to the front door. They're, they're just at the perfect angle waiting. They're waiting for me to come back to give them an update. They're being uh, very cooperative. They don't see the firefighter carrying the lifeless body. Now, for those of you who are animal lovers, this part gets a little sensitive, but hang in there for just a second. They carry the lifeless body, this little lap dog out. And I'm thinking, ah, poor thing. Its lungs could only be the size of a, of a not yet inflated balloon, if that, you know, so this thing couldn't have managed very long in that fire. Very, very sad. And they're carrying this dog out and the firefighter has it cradled in his arms. And I thought, man, this is going to be a weird and tough death notification. Sure. And so I go around to the truck because I want to say, hey, they're, they're working on things because I didn't want her to get impatient and run into the scene or even try to get into the house or, or anything like that or get the kids even more upset. So I walk around behind the piece of equipment and I said, hey, look, they, they have located where your dog was. I'm going to get you an update here in a second. And she looks right at me. She's like, is he dead? Why, what am I supposed to say? You know, I right. don't want to give her false hope or anything like that. And so I have to tell her, I have to give her a death notification on her dog, which the family clearly loved. Like most animal owners, pet owners, dog owners, you can imagine how she would have felt. And I had to give that death notification. I'm definitely not the hero anyway, because I'm not a firefighter, but <laughs> now I've got to give, be the guy. Talk about a bearer of bad news, yeah, right? Yeah. So I tell her this and she just as you would expect, breaks down, loses it, crying. And I'm telling her, I'm so sorry. And I, you know, I'm not faking any compassion. I, I have animals of my own. I have dogs. And you have a I micro farm. She was upset. I do have a little <laughs> micro farm. <laughs> and I don't want to lose any of them. No, none of your um, seven especially. <laughs> yeah, especially especially in a fire, especially this terrible way. Exactly. And so she is just bawling. Now, I'm on this side of the equipment with her. So I can't now see what's going on. The last thing that I saw was the lifeless body of their beloved family pet being carried outside, cradled in the arms of a firefighter in his big turnout gear, looking down at this lifeless carcass. And so that's all I have to go on. What I don't know is on the other side of that piece of equipment, those heroes took it upon themselves oh, come on. <laughs> to start resuscitating this dog. Come on. <laughs> so they took this little tiny mask and oxygen and started oh. doing CPR on this tiny little dog. And I'm talking this dog that, you know, would just rest in your forearm, you know, just perfect, almost like a, a newborn baby. You, know, you could just hold cradle that way with one arm. And you got this small team of firefighters and paramedics around actually working this dog. And I don't know it. And so as I'm on the other side of the piece of equipment, not knowing that a miracle is about to take place, that something is going to come back from the dead, right. I'm telling these people, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And they're crying and, and you know, they've got all these questions. They want to see the dog. And I'm trying to stall a little bit because they still can't walk over on the other side of the equipment yet. And how do I do that delicately? And all of a sudden, one of those firefighters comes walking around, still in his turnout gear. He's got his shield put up on his helmet and he's got this big grin on his face and, and these this tender look in his eyes as he's holding this little dog that's kind of looking around like, oh, what happened? Where am I? And they see the dog and they're just shocked and overjoyed at the same time. And then in an instant, they look at me as if to say, you. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> and I just want to say, uh, guys, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know they could bring something back. <laughs> right. How was I supposed to, to know? Right, right. I didn't know they could raise the dead. How am I wow. supposed to know they're mir I knew they were heroes. I didn't know they were miracle workers. Not only, not only can firefighters <laughs> fight fire, but they can raise the dead. Yes. They're yes. real heroes. And so, <laughs> and so 
all of a sudden, I didn't matter, of course, naturally. Of course, no, no. And I'm not even going to try to tell them, don't even walk over there. Like, they're all yours, guys. So right. they walked over. They didn't speak to me the rest of the time I was on the scene, <laughs> the, the family, that is, and for good reason. And I just kind of made myself scarce when it came to them. I made sure that everything was in place. The firefighters had everything under control with the Red Cross and all the things that they would need. No one was driving over fire hoses. Right. So I was very non-essential at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go get I'll just go get sodas for everybody. Everybody want some sodas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to head out. You know, one of those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I <laughs> so, think I have a call coming in. Right. <laughs> I didn't hear your radio. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's very, it's always something I can hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's at a frequency only police officers can hear. Right. Right. We can't raise the dead, but we can hear special right. frequencies. <laughs> so I got out of there. So that's the closest I've ever seen to somebody being raised from the dead. Although I fully believe that God is capable of that. Absolutely. And in fact, I would also even maybe submit to our listeners that God had intervened then because he knew this family loved this dog and maybe sure. they were praying. I don't know if they were believers, but what I do know is that that dog, when it came out, I have no doubt was dead. I don't know how anything could have survived for any length of time in there, but they resuscitated that dog. They literally did the same type of, of life-saving procedure, CPR, that they would do on a human being, and they brought this little tiny dog back to life, much to the joy of this family. So that's as close as I've come to that kind of miracle, but I do believe miracles wow. happen. Yes, absolutely. Well, and your story is perfect because miracles sometimes happen in that way through some kind of medical intervention. And sometimes they happen just supernaturally. Or sometimes they happen a combination of both, where there's this progressive healing that happens. And we're going to go through a lot of those right after we break for this. Welcome back. You're listening to The Preacher and the Policeman. I'm LJ. I'm The Preacher. And I'm Andy. I'm The Policeman. We'll be back right after this. So welcome back to The Preacher and the Policeman. Hey, have you ever said, man, I was, I just, I was late. I was driving 80 miles an hour. It's a miracle I didn't get caught. And yes, yeah, that's, 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 I've misused that word a lot. It, well, no, I've never done 80. I, I, uh, LJ, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I have misused that word. Everybody, everybody out there is thinking, I'm, I'm not saying a word. I got a policeman. Yeah. <laughs> or let's go a little more safe. You ever driven around the Christmas time around the mall and you find that there's a closed parking space and you say something like, oh man, it's a miracle this parking space was open, especially sure, on Black yeah. Friday. That's, <laughs> that's one of those deals where we use the word miracle. If you look up on, on Google even, when you start to look for miracle, it's not too long before you find a what they've called a, a miracle catch or the miracle of Miami where the Miami Dolphins came back to beat the Patriots. And sorry, Patriots fans, I know that's still a sore spot. But we use miracle pretty frequently and pretty casually. But a miracle is more than that. A real Christmas miracle? Here's one. A virgin gave birth to mm. a baby boy. That, yeah. my friend, is a real Christmas miracle. <laughs> Another real Christmas miracle would be if Hallmark came up with a, <laughs> an original plot <laughs> for one of their movies. But, yeah. <laughs> but a miracle... By definition, a miracle cannot be explained by scientific law, but it's more than just a suspension of scientific law or natural law. A miracle is really a glimpse back to what we were in Genesis 2 before sin and what we will be. And we take a look at toward Revelation. And when we are reunited with God, like we 
originally were intended yeah. to be. That's a real miracle. So it's a glimpse back to what things were before sin and what things will be after sin. When there's a day when God is going to redeem all creation back to what it should be and what he intended yeah. it to be. But we take a look through the New Testament and the Old Testament even. Miracles fill up the Bible. They're everywhere. In fact, I believe it was the Thomas Jefferson Bible, if I remember right, who knifed out every miracle. And I yes. think that Bible is only around 84 pages. You can see it at the Smithsonian. But the, the yeah. Bible, the typical Bible, is around 1,500 pages. But the, just to give you an idea of how many miracles and wonders yeah. and, and all of that are found in the Bible, they fill up the Bible. And we've already answered the tough question early on, can we trust the Bible? And that answer was yes. So if you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to that one. That'll build the foundation for where we are here. So if we can trust the Bible and its reliable history, well, the Bible records many, 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 many miracles. And if that's the case, are those really real? Well, let's take, let's take a look at one of the miracles. One of, the, one of my favorite, well, not... My, there are so many, it's kind of like asking, which one is your favorite? Yeah. Which favorite? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let me, <laughs> ask, let me ask you that. What's your favorite mm -hmm. miracle? New Testament. Let's go Gospels, Matthew through John. What's your favorite miracle? Yeah. I'd have to say probably Lazarus. Um, I know it's a big one. It's probably a go-to for a lot of people. Um, but I would say probably Lazarus for, for a number of different reasons. There's a lot, of, a lot of moving parts in that story that really attract me. Absolutely. That's, that's a great one. One of the only ones, I think it's the only one actually, that is recorded in all four Gospels is the feeding of the 5,000 plus. I mm, think. Yeah. I think I'd yeah. have to check that, fact check that. But I'm pretty sure that's one of the only ones, if not the only one, outside of Jesus' resurrection recorded in all four Gospels. So let's go with that one. Let's just talk about that one. With the, the miracle that Jesus fed a city. 5,000 men plus women and children, so you know you could be 15, 20,000. He could have fed all of Mount Vernon with five loaves and two fish. And yeah. the loaves were barley loaves, which were the poorest of the poor. That'd be just kind of like, <laughs> like salami on some good old just <laughs> white bread. You could interview witnesses who were there. They could tell you if Jesus really fed a city with a sack lunch. There was no food truck, no portable kitchen, no Chick-fil-A truck. And all of a sudden, voila, fish and chips for everybody. So how does that happen? That's a suspension of scientific law. You're not supposed to be able to take five loaves, two fish, feed a city, and have leftovers. So that's yeah, a miracle. Yeah. Right. And one of the beautiful things about Scripture in the time it was written is it's written and it being distributed in the time it's written. Meaning mm -hmm. anybody could have been there and said, oh, no, no, no. Didn't right. happen like you said it happened. Right. There were a whole line of food trucks back there. Jesus kept going back and getting stuff from and coming back and giving sure. it. No, no. Or I saw the disciples. They were hauling in fish from the from the sea, yeah. and they kept handing yeah. it to Jesus, acting like it was multiplied. But no sure. witnesses stood up and testified when they were interviewed or interrogated about this miracle that, no, it didn't happen like they said it happened. Yeah. Because it did. Of all the miracles Jesus worked, the linchpin, just mentioned a little bit ago, was his resurrection. He raised mm -hmm. Lazarus from the dead. He raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. He raised a widow's son from the dead. And that was miraculous by itself. But he came out of the grave himself. He is the only person right. in history who's ever gone into the grave, been there for three days, and mm -hmm. then decided, nice place to visit, don't want to live here, and came right. out of the grave under right. his own power. And we've also answered that question. Is the resurrection really real? Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it. So sure. since Jesus is able to work these miracles, feeding 5,000, raising others from the dead, raising himself from the dead, it should be no surprise that 
There are over 35 miracles in the New Testament. In the Gospels alone, Jesus worked. That if he could do the little and he could do a lot, he could do everything in between. And the reason he worked these was not just to give people a more comfortable, posh life. But Scripture tells us in John 20, he did these things so we would believe that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that by believing, but by believing, we have life through his name. Now, the 37 miracles mm. in the New Testament, in the Gospels, they share some common ingredients. There has to be a need, like with your story with Lazarus. He has a pretty yeah. evident need. Right. <laughs> He's, and his sisters, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and his sisters. Lazarus is no longer breathing, and now his sisters are grieving, so there's an evident yes. need. So there has to be a need when there's a miracle. And I know, for one, I love to see healing miracles. I've seen, I've seen God heal a woman of AIDS down in El Salvador when I was preaching down there wow. with my friends Luke and Aaron. But in order for there to be a need, or I'm sorry, a miracle, somebody has to need a miracle. Sure. Like yeah. All of us would raise our hand and sign up and say, man, I want to see a miracle. But yeah. none of us would raise our hand and sign up and say, yeah, I'll take cancer. So God can heal me and be glorified right. in it. Oh, yeah. But there's got to yeah. be a need. So I don't know anybody <laughs> willing to sign that <laughs> dotted line and say, well, sure, you can use me. But yeah, we love the testimonies where check com- checks come in the mail when there's no money, but nobody wants to be the person with no money living on <laughs> right. faith right. and ketchup right. that yes. <laughs> everything's going to be okay. For there to be a miracle, there has to be a need, and there has to be faith. Now, some of the miracles Jesus worked, I mean, there's no faith. Yeah. Well, yeah. I should say there's a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Like the miracle of Peter being de- re- delivered from prison, released from prison. Yeah. And when he shows up at the doorstep as to say, hey, you guys prayed, God set me free, hallelujah. Right. They said, no, <laughs> you can't be free. You're in prison and <laughs> we're prison. praying for you to get out. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it doesn't take a mountain full of faith. It just takes some faith for God to work these miracles. One lady Mm. crawled to him in faith. Jesus healed her. Entire cities followed him in faith, and Jesus healed them. We find faith all through the gospel. But one of the neat stories in Mark 9 is when Jesus heals a young man who was demon-possessed, and his dad even owned it and said, Jesus, I believe, but man, you got to help my doubt. I I, yeah. I believe you can, but I just don't yeah. know. Right. And the only thing that caused the difference there, in my opinion, would be the grace of God. If Jesus Absolutely. was grading yeah. faith, yeah. he would have been like, mm, I'm going to give you a C- minus on this one. Yeah. Why don't you go yeah. pray a few more prayers, come back, and let's try it again when you can bump your grade up a little higher. Sure. But Jesus sure. knows this young man has no chance without Jesus' help. And sees this father is hopeless without Jesus' help. And in his grace, even despite this guy's faith or lack of it, he still healed him. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably where a lot of us are, maybe, preacher. You know, I think the story I told at the start of this, I certainly was not somebody who would say miracles don't happen at that point in my life. I, I knew miracles happened, but I think a lot of times we just look at ourselves and say, well, I'm a realist, you know, just like Jefferson cutting out those miracles out of his Bible that you referred to. 
we're just realistic and this doesn't work that way. It's not the way the world works. And maybe that's because we do overuse that word. We don't think of the miraculous as being miraculous, but that's exactly what it is. And those extraordinary things can happen, but maybe too often we're just thinking, you know, the dog was in a fire, the dog died. That's just how the world works, the end. And maybe with that guy, it's the same way. You, you know, my son's got these demons and this possession going on. And I guess that's just the way it is. I, I, I'd like it to be different. I think it could be different, but I, I understand it. it probably won't be different. And that's maybe our mindset a lot of times. Absolutely. I've heard people say, well, I just have to live with it. But as, yeah. And we even say things like this, as long as there's breath, there's hope. But with Jesus, mm-hmm. even if there's no breath, there's still hope. He can yeah. raise the dead. Yeah. Right. But I do know, and we'll get to this perhaps one day, but not everybody who prays for healing is healed. And that's, sure. that's where we go from faith to trust, where we trust God's in control. I mean, we've, yeah. both of us have a, a dear friend right there in Ohio, Josh Kirby. Love him. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Yeah. City councilman yeah. from Mount Vernon, business owner, dear friend. And he's battling cancer and his, his family is battling it. And we have prayed sure. fervently yeah. and with faith and for whatever reason known only to God. God has not healed Josh yet, yeah. but I believe he can. But I don't know his yes. plan for Josh or his family, but I do know God will do what's right, even if it's not what we want. Yeah. So that that's yeah. where we have to take this leap of faith. And it's easy to get a little bit bitter when we see others healed and others yeah. not and start to yeah. wonder, man, what's the deal? The true yeah. deal is God is sovereign and he has a plan yes. that's far greater than anything I will ever understand. That's so, so hard to understand, yes. It is so hard. And the beauty is we don't have to understand. We just have to trust. But trust is hard because trust means I'm out of control. He's in control. And even though he doesn't answer yeah. like I hope or like I want, yeah. I know he's still God. In fact, this this weekend when I was preaching in West Virginia, my pastor yeah. here in St. Charles, Missouri, it was so interesting. We didn't talk to each other before service, but we both preached the same tenor. It was yeah. if you prayed before and it didn't happen because God had a different plan, pray with the yeah. same amount of faith the next time because God is still as able and still as willing to work a miracle yeah. the next time, even though he didn't the last yeah. time. Sure, but sure. I think this yeah, message is getting yeah. out there. It, it is, and... Uh, I'll throw, throw a little, uh, take us back in time a little bit here for just a minute. You know, when my dad died, and of course you were there for me for that, and you knew the circumstances and the some of the troubles our family had gone through prior to that. Um, you remember Pastor Cisco, of course, and he preached yes. that funeral. And one of the things he, he spoke about was that chapter in Genesis when Abraham says, will not the judge of oh, all yes. the earth do right? Yes. And since hearing that and the way that he preached that, that's something that I think of literally every day. When I tell you I think of that verse every day, yes. I, I'm not exaggerating the way we exaggerate when we say that parking space is a miracle. Right. I literally think that. In fact, my daughter had a t-shirt made for me with that verse on it oh, because I awesome. love that verse so much. That's the impact that Pastor Cisco's message had on me at that time. I carry it with me to this day. And and I've used it again. You, know, you, you mentioned Josh Kirby. We had a, a dear friend at our church uh, who was about 
the same age as you are now, LJ, and that healing didn't come this side of heaven. Right. And the Lord has taken her home. I lost my niece uh, November before last. Uh, we're three months apart. Lost her to COVID. And there is no way to, to, to make a person feel better when they lose, when they love. As you know, we've all experienced that. We've all been there for people who we love who experience that. But when you have that understanding that God isn't doing this, and I don't know why, but I do know this, that the judge of all the earth yes. will be right. That is beautiful comfort. Yeah. He will yeah. do right. Yeah. So let's talk at the, the beginning in the story you told about the firefighters who, <laughs> the yeah. real American hero. The real American <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just in case you're worried, I really believe officers are heroes, first responders. So just all of this is a little, little sarcasm in case anybody's getting offended. It is. It's, it's good so, fun. It's good fun. <laughs> you mentioned the beginning about them doing CPR on the dog. Yeah. So what about medicine? I know in previous generations, some considered using medicine as a lack of faith. If you, you take medicine for yeah. a sickness or some kind of a, an ache or something, that you don't have faith that God can work. So can God yeah. work a miracle without medicine? Absolutely. Can God work a miracle through medicine? Absolutely. Yeah. Medicine is found in Scripture. I, I suggest it's still a work of God. When he works yeah. a healing in the body through medicine, he's the one who created the body. In fact, he created the body to heal itself, all the defense sure. mechanisms and all the healing that he put inside the body. And sometimes that's how God works. He did that for Hezekiah. Yeah. Hezekiah was one of the good kings of Judah. He was a good guy, one of the few. Mm -hmm. And God spoke to Isaiah to tell yeah. Hezekiah, you know, you need to get your house in order. As, as, as we would say in Mount Vernon, he's on the sixth floor of the hospital, but he's about to be transferred to the seventh floor. To the seventh, if, if you know, you know. If you know, you know, that's right. There is no seventh floor in Mount Vernon. So if you're going to the sixth, right. from the sixth to the seventh, well, we're going to miss yeah. you. And Hezekiah had some words for God. He, he turned his face to the wall on his deathbed and he prayed. And God said, I'll tell you what I'll do for you. I'll give you 15 more years. Now, that's, that's a pretty good get well card. Yeah. But God did not just wave his hand over Hezekiah or speak to Hezekiah and be like, be healed. God told Isaiah, make an ointment from figs. Take that to the boil, which I don't even want to know what that looked like. Put it on Hezekiah, and Hezekiah recovered. God could have healed him with a whisper, could have healed him with just a touch, but God told Isaiah to go make a medicine from figs, put it on the boil, and the medicinal qualities in that fig would heal him. Yeah. So how does God feel about medicine? Is it a lack of faith? Proverbs 17 tells us a merry heart does good like a medicine which teaches us it's sure. good to laugh. It also teaches us medicine is good for the body. There's yeah. a story Jesus tells, the Good Samaritan. When the Good Samaritan found the man dying on the side of the road, he doesn't just pray for him. He pours an oil and wine into the wound to help heal the man so he can get him back to a place where he can get better treatment. Using medicine yeah. is not a lack of faith. I still believe it's the work of God because he created us and he gave us medicine. But yeah. there's another story that tells the story, and it's another story about one of Judah's kings named Asa and how medicine can become a curse. Scripture says in 2 Chronicles 16, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet. Again, don't want to see what that looks like. And yeah. his malady was severe, yet in his disease he did not seek the Lord but the physicians. And Asa mm. died in the 41st year of his reign. 
Yeah. So you have two kings with the same testimony, both of them dying, both of them need a miracle. Yeah. Hezekiah says, God, I need you. Asa right. says, Doc, I need you. God uses medicine to heal Hezekiah, but God doesn't even have a chance to heal Asa because Asa never asks. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's where medicine becomes the curse. If we only seek it without seeking God, we're, we're leaving God out of the equation. He, sure, he yeah. could use it, yeah. or he could heal us miraculously. But either way, in, in the whole process, we need to pray. We need to seek God and ask him for the help he wants to give. And it could be through medicine, or it could just be a miracle. But God is certainly right. able to do it. So I don't think using medicine is a lack of faith as long as we make sure we ask God for his help in that whole process. Absolutely, yeah. Well said. So the question that we're going to try to wrap up with, are miracles really real? Absolutely. And does God work Amen. them in our day? Absolutely. Yes. Can God work them instantly? Absolutely. Can God do them mm -hmm. progressively? Absolutely. And could God sure. use medicine? Absolutely. Yeah. So miracles are really yeah. real. God really wants to work them. And God uses yeah. several ways to work them. But in all of it, glory to God. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So how about... It'd be we, nice to hear yes. some miracle stories from, from anybody that, that's got... And I don't mean... Excellent because idea. Because they did 80 on the way to work. Don't right. tell us that. <laughs> yeah, don't tell the policeman <laughs> that. <laughs> They'll find your license plate. <laughs> But I, I think we all get edified from those stories in some way. It's, it's great testimony, and it really encourages us and, and helps us build our faith. And it might be something we can share with someone else who, who needs their faith strengthened as well. Love that idea. Let us hear your story. Tell us your miracle story. Go to our Facebook yeah. page, facebook.com slash Vernon Chaplains. The link should be there in the show notes. And you can share your miracle story with us. I'll, I'll share mine with everybody, it involves, well, I mean, I've, so many, God has worked in my life, but the one that yeah. I think of the most, and I'll share it on that Facebook page, deals with the time in 2015 when Andrea should have died on I-71. There was yeah. no, it was inevitable that there was a collision, and yet for some mm. reason, known only to God, she survived. Yeah. It was a miracle, wow. so I'll share that story. It's, it's a pretty awesome story. I'll share that with you all on, on there. Share that with us, too. Facebook.com slash yeah. Vernon Chaplains. Share it in the comments. Hey, let's pray. I know there are several who need a miracle. How about we pray together for our friend Josh and ask God to work a miracle in his life? Is there anybody you yeah. want to pray for, policeman? I, I, I can't think of anybody right now. There are people who probably are listening to this and saying, he should have said my name. Oh, yeah, but, I'm uh, sure they we'll say just, that about me, we'll too. Just, yes. <laughs> we'll just list mine as some, some unspoken and unknown as of yet. Absolutely. Let's pray for these needs and let's believe God to be willing and able to work these miracles. Lord Jesus, come to you today. You are the Almighty. You're able to do anything. You can heal. You can set anybody free, forgive any sin. You are, you are the miracle worker. God, I bind my faith together with Andy's. I bind my faith with those who are listening. I ask you to work miracles. God, I pray you touch Josh Kirby. You can heal him. You can raise him up. You are far greater than cancer. You're able to heal him instantly. You can use medicine. You can use both, however you choose. We pray your will be done in his life. You're sovereign. Only you know your plan 
for his life and how through all of this you will get glory. I do pray minister to his family. Give them strength. Give them faith. Through all of this, be glorified. Let them know you are there. You're with them. I pray today for those who need a miracle as they're praying, God, I ask you to respond. Minister to them, Jesus. We love you. We trust you. Thank you for all you're going to do. And we pray this today and thank you for it. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Man, it's good to see you. I'm glad we got to good, get back great together. Good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. I like this platform. This, I think, could work for us. This I is think, good. I think so, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. next next yeah. time we record, we are going to try to answer our final tough question, and that is, why has so much evil been done in the name of Christianity? Oh, that wow. ought to be... Well, that's going to peak some interest. Yeah, it's going to get a little bit on the heavy <laughs> side. So we're going to talk about that yeah. next time, yeah. and I'm looking forward to that. By all means, be sure to reach out to us. Let us hear your miracle stories. And until then, you're listening to The Preacher and the Policeman. I'm LJ. I'm the preacher. And I'm Andy. I'm the policeman. So be blessed. And be safe. <laughs>